Relationship Package by Dr. Michael and Bernice Heidenwood. Experience total joy and satisfaction as you embrace five carefully written books for every relationship. Single, married, divorced, and separated. Learn the dynamics of what makes a good relationship and how to sustain it for a lifetime. There are some people you marry them, that's the end of your life. Your marriage partner is for destiny. So that's why I tell you, don't only look at love and the woman's skirt and the man's six-pack or four-pack. If my wife was looking for four-pack and six-pack, she would have married me. I don't have any pack. It was my personality. And she discovered that this is the man she can fulfill destiny with. And I discovered that she is the only woman who can assist me to fulfill destiny. Marriage choices is from the angle of destiny. Pack includes no ringing, no dinging. 50 common mistakes singles make. 200 questions you must ask, investigate, and know before you say, I do. What husbands want and what wives really want. And the 101 tips for a great marriage. A must for your library. Order yours today and receive a special discount on the entire package. Please call, write, or visit our website using the information on your screen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. God bless you all for joining us this evening in our relationship session. Dubbed Don't Endure, Enjoy. You are all welcome. Shada, God bless you for joining us on Instagram. God bless you. Mama B, you are welcome. Bianca, you are welcome. Sister Agnes, you are welcome. God bless you. Miriam, you are welcome. God richly bless you. Thank you all for joining us this evening on this relation, in this relationship session. You are all welcome on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. God richly bless you. Cousin Ceci, you are welcome. God richly bless you. Everyone that has joined us, as usual, we like to encourage every one of you to start sharing. Share, share, share. Invite everyone that you know to join us who will benefit from this session. I believe you are empowered. Those of you who were with us this morning it was an awesome session. And last Wednesday, we had Pastor Michael Jr. to join us for the Before You Say I Do session. And tonight we have the privilege of having him back again with us. And we also have Deborah Johnson with us this evening. My goodness. What a team. <laughs> God bless you all for joining us. Pastor Michael Jr., would you like to say hi to our viewers? And Deborah, you can do the same after Pastor Michael. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, thank you. Good evening to everybody watching us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and any other platform you might be watching on later on. Um, thank you, Bishop. It's an honor to be here once again with you and with my, my sister in Christ. Absolutely love this woman, full of wisdom and power. Praise God! It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a great evening where we're really gonna talk about how to grow in our relationships and how to better ourselves along the way. So thank you, Bishop, for this opportunity. Awesome, awesome. God bless you. God bless you, Deborah. Would you like to say hi to our viewers? 
Amen. Amen. Good evening to everybody. Um, thank you for having me on the program, Bishop. Um, yeah, so lovely surprise. Thank you for the surprise invite. I receive it. I'm here. Thank God. Um, God bless my brother from another mother over there. My Jesus. Bless them. Awesome. Awesome. What a great joy. What a great joy. Awesome to have all of you. So once again, thank you, Pastor Michael Jr. And Minister uh, Deborah for joining me this evening in our session. Mama B is behind the scenes. Bianca right there. Miriam right there. Agnes right there. God bless you all for joining us this evening. As usual, please let's start sharing. Agnes, you are also welcome. She's right there as well. Let's ensure we invite other friends of ours that we know to join us, relatives of ours, everyone from the Happy Church to join us as well. God richly bless you. Now we're going to go straight into our questions for this evening. Now, how are the opinions of people on social media helping or ruining people's perspective of relationships or marriage? In your opinion, in your, in your, in your opinion how are people, because like Mama B said the other day, everyone has become a... <laughs> Everyone has have, have appointed themselves as what advisors on all kinds of matters on social media. So, how are the opinions of people on social media helping or ruining people's perspective of relationships in general or also on marriage? Shada, Cousin Ceci, all of you, welcome. So, how has the uh, uh, opinions of people on social media helped or ruined people's perspective on relationships and marriage. Who wants to start? Should we go ladies first? <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a good question. Um, the good thing about social media is that it's, it's, it's beneficial, it's good in a lot of ways. It's connecting the entire world um, on a scale that's not been done before. Um, you're able to not only kind of read things in the paper but you can see things firsthand good and bad um but you know it's connecting people all over the globe and it gives you um an insight into other people's lives i think when it comes to relationships and people kind of giving advice online uh, some of it is some of it is good some of it is beneficial um but some of it yes is blessed um, and it's very difficult, obviously, someone who's just coming in, just like, you know, doesn't, someone who doesn't know how to kind of sift through everything to find what's good and what's not and just kind of takes it, take everything on. Um, it, it can be dangerous. I think it can be dangerous. Um, one, one benefit of, um, some, you know, getting relationship advice from social media is that it gives you an insight into other people and it shows you that sometimes you're not the only person going through that thing. A lot of times we think that we're the only people suffering with the particular issues. We'd like to keep things private so we don't kind of share with a lot of people. So we think that we're the only people experiencing certain things. But social media kind of opens that up. To, to show you that actually you're not alone um, and this is what I've done in this situation. So sometimes it's good, other times it's not good because, like, as you said before, there's not, not everybody's qualified um, to kind of give relationship advice um, and it can be dangerous if you just go on there without, without, without caution. Um, 
it's important that you you have you use wisdom you have to use wisdom and not and not, not kind of look to look to social media for everything look to social for all your advice you need to have um sound people around you that you can go to they can question things to um and they can advise you um otherwise it's you're setting yourself up um for 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 a lot of hurt um a lot of the things um if you follow a lot of things on social media media some of it is good um a lot of it is not um uh, but you have to be wise enough to know the difference and have have people books um listen to messages sermons from sound people to kind of bounce weigh things against the things that you see on social media to weigh against that to see how how it compares with that advice um yeah i think just wisdom you need wisdom um not not every not everything on social media is sound so we have to be very very careful you know, so everybody you advise everybody does their due diligence yeah. before they, they just swallow everything that they find on social media. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you wouldn't do that. I mean, you wouldn't go as much as, you know, you might meet up on a buff for your food. You're not just going to dive in. Well, not people who have sense will just start eating everything. You're going to analyze, you're going to examine what's what's on the table you're going to think about what you're going to be doing later on in the evening you know if you're if you're on a date you don't want to eat anything with onion in it um if you're looking you know if you're expecting that the date is going to succeed you don't want to eat onion so you're going to scan the table first you're not just going to wolf down everything so it's the same as with the social media don't wolf down everything kind of you know assess stand back and take the whole table in first see what's good you know try things if it's good then have more of that um say something it's not so good then you know to leave that alone but yeah always approach there should be a, a what do you call it a sign a disclaimer saying proceed with caution where this because it's, it's it's a lot of stake it's a lot at stake um you getting the wrong advice and implementing the wrong things in your relationship there's a lot at stake um depending on the investments that you're making in your relationship um it's important that we really really have wisdom um, and understanding particularly when it comes to social media Awesome, okay. awesome. That's powerful. Uh, Sister Marta, you are welcome. God bless you. Everyone that is joining us, you are all welcome once again. And please make sure you tell somebody, tag somebody, share this on your timeline, and invite as many people that you know to join us this evening for this powerful Don't Endure, but enjoy your relationship uh, session. Glory to God. Pastor Michael, what's your take on the question? How has social media, social media ruined or helped people's relationships, um, considering what uh, Marvel said about everybody has become intelligent on social media, offering advice, not only on marriage, but on finances and everything, even trying to advise pastors and all that kind of stuff. But in relation to marriage in this particular context, <laughs> how has it helped or ruined? I mean, I, I, I agree with um, what Sister Deborah said. You know, there, there, there is a lot of positivity on social media. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of good. Unfortunately, because everyone thinks that they are an expert in, in certain things that they're not expert in, yeah. um, it, it tends to send people down the wrong path. You know, yeah. social media, you know, mainly is about people giving their opinions. And unfortunately, if you don't have... If you lack intelligence in a particular area and you're giving your opinion as fact, if people take it as fact, 
you know, you, 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 you've doomed, you've doomed them, um, to repeat your mistakes. So, um, when it comes, when it comes to social media and relationships, I see, I see it quite similarly to Hollywood. It, people go into relationships not believing that they need to last. Um, mm. not believing that they're important, not believing that they're about sacrifice. Um, you know, everything is lovey-dovey. We fall in love now. A week or so later, the feelings aren't the same. Gotta let it burn, you know, moving on. Um, so it, it hasn't helped. It, ultimately, um, social media has, has hindered the progress um, of relationships more than it has helped because people are, people are going into it believing that, you know, the relationships don't need to last. And ultimately, we know that, you know, relationships, marriage was, was made to, to be lifelong. Um, once you get into it, you're, you're meant to, you're meant to stay in it as much as possible and make it work and fulfill destiny. So, um, I, I could say more, but I will, I will leave it there. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> okay. RT Butterfly, you are welcome on uh, Instagram. God richly bless you. Now, in relationships, um, there are five cancers. There are five cancers that we need to avoid in every relationship, whether we are married or close relationships that we have in general. Five cancers that we need to avoid. One of them is unforgiveness. Another is bitterness. Another is uh, resentment. The other is vindictiveness or vengeance or guilt from the past. So let's tackle um, unforgiveness. How important is forgiveness in marriage and how dangerous is unforgiveness in marriage? Remember, the theme for our first Saturday of the month is endure, don't endure, enjoy. So there are many relationships whether married or in transition or general relationships or courtship or date, uh, people are in courtship and this, this cancers show their heads up. In every relationship, there will be disagreements or there will be issues that crop up and sometimes one is tempted to work in forgiveness, um, or unforgiveness and there are cancers, there are cancers in a relationship. So how dangerous is working in unforgiveness in a relationship among our community, among Christians, especially married couples, and how dangerous is unforgiveness and how beneficial is forgiveness. Debra. Oh, oh, so I thought my brother wanted to go first. I think he's he's ready. I can see it oh, on his face. I've got that fire <laughs> in my bones. So, okay, we'll go ahead. Pastor Michael, you started. All right. So, thank you, Richard. So, thank you, Debra. Um, I mentioned briefly on the stream on Wednesday. Um, yes. Like I said, I've got I've got no facts, but I personally, hand on my heart, believe that unforgiveness is the number one thing that keeps um, believers out of heaven. It, mm. it, it, it prevents us from being fulfilled on earth because we're walking in, in, in hatred towards, you know, people who, who ultimately are living their life. Bishop has said it before, you're holding resentment and unforgiveness against someone who's living their best life somewhere else. Mm. You know, they're not affected by it at all, but it affects us to the core. So um, when it comes to when it comes to um, unforgiveness, it just it eats. It eats at your very core. It eats at your soul. 
and it prevents you from being productive because it consumes your mind so much. It consumes your mind so much so that when you should be focusing on being productive and doing something well, that is more that is more of a, um, a focus on your mind. So um, for, forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is the key. And I know that um, whether it's from past relationships or current relationships, that so, some of us have been hurt and we've been hurt bad. And I'm not saying that, you know, we, we must forgive because it's an easy thing to do. No, a lot of times it's not an easy thing to do. But for our own salvation, for our own peace of mind, for our own sanity, for our own destinies, for, 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 for our own lives, we must forgive. So when it comes to, you know, there's certain people holding on to um, unforgiveness from past relationships, which are preventing them from A, being in a new relationship, or B, being in a re- new relationship, but not being happy in it or not being fulfilled in it and it's important to really look at look at the things that have hurt us in the past look at the people that have hurt us in the past and work on letting it go you have to let it go you have to let it go for for your sake for your peace of mind for your sanity and ultimately for for your your relationship moving forward so forgiveness forgiveness is not an option bishop you said this thing you said this and it stuck it stuck with me you said Relationships are optional. Friendships are optional. But forgiveness is not an option. It yeah. is mandatory. You must forgive. Can you, like, for me, it's simple. I'm living my life trying to be productive, fulfill my destiny, and by God's grace, make it into heaven. Walking, into, um, walking in unforgiveness will mean I, I probably won't fulfill my destiny, will not live a good life, and will definitely not make it into heaven. Mm. So I don't have time for it. Got to let it go. We've got to let it go. Wonderful. Deborah, what's your take on that? Forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is mandatory. Relationship is optional, but forgiveness is mandatory. Amen. Um, a, a wise man once said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you do more harm to yourself than the other person. I think one thing I've learned when you come into marriage, you have to make up in your mind that there is no divorce. Once you have, once you set that there is no divorce, this marriage, as far as Michael said before, a lot of people go into marriage thinking it's temporal, or there's an option. There's an option that you know they can opt out at some point, so they don't have that permanency. Um, the attitude of permanency when they get into the marriage because at any time, oh, if you upset me or if this happens, well, I'm, I'm gone. Um, but you have to, when you get married, when you're going to marry somebody and you're making that commitment, that lifelong commitment, you have to decide that then that you're going to f- forgive everything and anything that person does. You have to have made the decision that you're going to forgive them already before even you marry them because, I mean, marriages, have, anyone who's married knows that marriages have their ups and downs and everything. Um, and you can be upset with the person, even though you're upset about the situation. So sometimes you can be upset just about the situation, but you've forgiven the person in your heart. In your heart, you've already forgiven the person. Um, but you, can, you may still be upset about the situation. Then you have to come together and work through it. If you haven't forgiven them for it or forgiven you know, forgiving the person for something that's been done to you, then you won't be able to work through it. You know, the forgiveness is the first part 
then you have to heal after that. Um, and it's sometimes you forget that we, we we kind of we try to forgive, but then we don't go through the healing process to make that whole thing complete. The whole you know, the, 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 so the forgiveness is complete because you know we can say oh, I forgive you, and then it will come back up. I think um, that scripture about keeping a record of wrongs. Um, in first Corinthians 13, um, things happen and we, we let it go we, or we think we've let it go and then the thing comes back up again and then it's, it's still raw. It's still raw because, yeah, you may, your intent may have been good. You know, I'm going to f- let it go. I'm going to forgive you. Let's move on. But because you haven't gone through the healing process, you know, together, that thing could still crop up crop up later so i think it's important to one yeah forgiveness is very 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 important you can't go through your marriage holding things against each other yes you're going to disagree yes there's going to sorry <laughs> there's going to be issues but you have to know that okay it's not you know we're not going to we're not going to let this thing linger we're going to come together we're going to work this thing out we're going to talk about it we're going to first of all you have to make that decision to forgive and then we're going to work through it so that that whole, you know, work through the healing process so that the forgiveness is complete and we don't revisit it again. Once we've worked through it and there's understanding on both sides, that thing shouldn't happen again once you've completed the healing process. But if you don't, um, it could crop up again because there's no understanding of why it happened in the first place. Forgiveness is is mandatory. It is mandatory. It's, you can't, your marriage won't survive without it. Um, you can't spend your life holding uh, holding a grudge, or in Jamaica we say have 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 them up in your heart. <laughs> you know you can't have somebody, um, you know have you kind of set your heart against somebody for for the duration of a marriage. That's 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 a lot of strain on you as a person. That's you poisoning yourself. The person is not. Um, <laughs> um, the person is not suffering. You're, only you are suffering. You know, um, Joyce Meyer gave was talking a long time, sorry, a long time, um, long time ago about um, issues that she was having with her wife, that with his, with her husband, sorry, Dave, um, and you know she was so angry at him, angry at him, and she'd come in, and Dave is sitting there with his feet up watching the game. You know, he's 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 cool, and it would just make her even more angry. And God had to take her to a side and say, look, Dave is not the problem. <laughs> you need to, you, you have issues and you need to sort these things out mm-hmm. and you need to forgive yourself and you need to forgive Dave. Because sometimes we expect, sometimes a lot the issues is that we don't, we expect our partners to be a certain way. Um, when we're hurting, we expect them to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to forgive them even for that. Sometimes they're trying their best. Their best is not what maybe we want at the time. We have to forgive them for, you know, for that as well. So, yeah, forgiveness is mandatory. You can't go through a marriage with unforgiveness. It just won't work. Well, you need you need grace. You need grace to be able to forgive people. I think I think with that, I think with with um, forgiveness, I, I set it. Um, I kind of compare it to that scripture where we talk about the mountain, where um, God said, if you have just faith of a mustard seed, you can see, you can speak to the mountain, mm. and it will be cast into the sea. Um, but I also have a, a, I look at it another way. I said, well, if your faith is not big enough to speak to the whole mountain, then chip at it, chip away at it one bit at a time. One takes, one is instant, one takes a bit longer. Mm. But either way, it's, you have the, the mountain has to be moved. Either it gets chipped away bit by bit, or it's moved in one go. I think when you you if you have the intent and the heart to forgive, like God, I want to forgive. You may not feel it. You have to do it every single day. 
um, you may say, okay, I forgive this person, I let it go. And then tomorrow you remember what happened and you're vexed again and you're like, oh, you know, and you have to, every day you have to pull yourself in. Every day you have to forgive. You have to make the choice every single day and keep doing it and then go through that process of healing. That's chipping away at the unforgiveness, chipping away at that mountain until one day you wake up and find, I've completely let this thing go and I'm healed from the pain of it as well. Um, there's some things you can just say, okay, no, I'm not going to let this, um, I'm not going to let this bother me, I'm not going to let this affect me. And then you can just right away decide, no, I'm not letting this, you know, affect me, I'm not letting this destroy my marriage. And then look, that's the mountain gone. You, you know, that's the, the strength, um, that, you know, and the strength or grace that you have for that. And it straight away, but sometimes you ha- it's a day, sometimes it takes a bit longer and it's every day. I have to choose to forgive every day, every day and choose to get be healed until that thing is gone. Okay, brilliant. Now, Mama B just put this on. Pastor Michael, you can take it and then Deborah can add his comment on that. He says, sometimes because a partner knows you will forgive them, they don't see the need to change. They keep doing the same thing. And he says, the key is that thing, that thing should not happen again. You can't heal if that situation keeps happening. That's it. So he says, sometimes because a partner knows you will forgive them, they don't see the need to change. They keep doing the same thing. The key is that that thing should not happen again. You can't heal if that situation keeps happening. Who wants to go, Deborah or Pastor Michael? I'm ready. Pastor Michael's ready. Go on, Deborah. You're on fire. Go on. Hey, Charlie. (laughs) You can go first. I'll come in after. Okay, no problem. So, something's not right. Wait a few minutes and try setting up again. You can also try unplugging this device (laughs) and plugging it back in. We hear you, Alexis. Okay. Awesome. So, <laughs> I think um, what Mama B said is accurate. It's, it's, it's accurate and it's true. Um, if, if you're in a relationship and one person has the mind, that mindset of, um, I don't need to change because the other person is going to forgive me, that relationship will not survive. It will not thrive. And it will be turmoil and torture for the person who keeps forgiving. Because the person who keeps forgiving is 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 doing the right thing. They're they're letting the hurt or the wrong that the person has done, they're letting it go. They're also going through that healing process that Sister Deborah spoke so eloquently about. But then the same thing happens again. The same thing happens again, the same thing happens again. That relationship will not will not stand. It it, it won't stand and if the person who keeps forgiving will end up getting destroyed. The only way a relationship can work is when you forgive a person or when you make a mistake or you know you mess up which we all which we all do no relationship is perfect we're working at it daily as as sister deborah said um you you have to you have to learn to forgive your your husband or your wife on a day-to-day basis the the likelihood that every day someone will do one of them will do something that 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 will upset you or annoy you if you let it but in order to grow you just have to let certain things go but that person who I'm trying. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to use my words very wisely, Bishop, because I know we're speaking to the millions and millions across the world. But that person there who 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 who, who refuses to change because they know that the person will forgive one day. One day, they'll 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 be in for a shock. One day they'll be in for a shock where the person will get to the place where hopefully they've just had enough. Mm-hmm. They've had enough, and as much as they will forgive the person they might not stay around Mm. 
because you're you're abusing that person's nature you're abusing the person's um willingness to forgive you for your wrongs if you are genuinely trying to make change that's that's different but from the example that mama b gave there are there are people we've heard of we've heard of countless stories of people who 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 cheat on their partners people who abuse their partners verbally physically sexually and they're forgiven but then it keeps happening and it becomes a vicious endless cycle to the point where sometimes you know people have lost their lives because of these things so it's it's not right if you make a mistake and someone forgives you it is for you to work your tail off to change to change do not remain the same way do not remain the same way god will come for you if you do that's that's and that's that's how i end it <laughs> okay <laughs> right now what what do you say i heard uh one of the men of god say uh he said uh, always uh the, their emphasis was on always forgive your wife in advance now why would they say forgive your wife in advance and not say forgive your husband in advance why why is the emphasis on uh, <laughs> forgive learn to forgive your wife in advance. This was actually said by Bishop Oyedepo. Oh, well, it was a man who said this. Bishop, Bishop, Bishop not. He, he got the seven, seven secrets to a great marriage right from the start before he entered marriage. And he says one of the main secrets that he learned from the beginning was to always learn to forgive your wife in advance. I suppose he has his reasons and has his doubts even before he got married and all that. So, it must be one of the secrets that probably we learn early and which works. But my question is, why would they say drop, uh, forgive your, learn to always forgive your wife in advance? Is there a particular behavior or action or moods or whatever that women demonstrate that makes you want to have to forgive them in advance? I personally think that, um, because it, um, is a male, speaking yeah. speaking from his own perspective yeah. but i think the principle is sound where you forgive your wife in advance forgive your husband in advance i think it applies i think it works it's something that works it's a principle that works both ways sure. um men and women are very different we um have very different approaches to things we have different experiences um and we're gonna we're gonna clash at times that's just <laughs> that's just a fact um yeah. That's why we have to learn to forgive each other yeah. in advance, um, or to have, forgive each other in advance for me just simply means having that mindset that no matter what happens, we're going to work through it. No matter what happens, we're going to, we're going to get through it. Um, just briefly, just, um, trotting back to the last, um, statement. One of the things I think is, it's abuse. If you, if you, someone who knows they're going to be forgiven and just continues with the same behavior, that's, mm. that's abuse. That's someone who doesn't want to, to change. That's someone who doesn't want to work with you. Someone who, who doesn't want to, um, doesn't want healing to come about. Who, who's someone who's selfish, who wants their own way. Um, and where there is abuse in a relationship, you can't stay there. Because mm. it's abuse. You both have to be on the same page, working towards the same goal. If you're not, and you're also being mistreated um, within the union, then that is abuse. And by all rights, if you're if you're in abusive in an in an abusive relationship, you have all rights to walk away from it. 
um that's just my you know that's my just as my my opinion if you're if there is real abuse then you walk away um it's it's very difficult because i think on this platform it's kind of general we're kind of talking generally about relationship and relationships and i think in specific circumstances it's going to be specific advice given because that statement as well is very general um so if we knew if there was a specific incident with specific behaviors specific people then maybe you know the advice would be specific you you know you need tailored advice for that for that circumstance um to save your you know to either save the marriage to help the other person why is the person still persisting why does a person still keep doing what they're doing what is what is going on behind it because those um those kind of issues where the same thing keeps happening is usually spiritual. It's usually um, a root, uh, you know, generational root, uh, maybe a spiritual um, attack going on there. Um, and it take, it needs different advice and different treatment. <laughs> it is a different cure. So, yeah, in, in, in there's just just general uh, general advice. If you're in an abusive relationship, then it's not oh, I'm going to forgive you, forgive you, and then keep taking the abuse. No, you're worth more than that. You mm. know. You, you, you deserve to be loved. You need love. Um, and as you, and you, you deserve to be loved the way you love as well. If you love hard, you deserve to be loved hard. So in that respect, I think, no, abuse is not, is not acceptable at all. Awesome. Awesome. I trust that you all have been blessed by the ministry of this distinguished gentleman and distinguished lady as they are sharing their experiences <laughs> with us. Okay. Now. Bitterness, bitterness in relation. I've told you already. We're discussing at the moment the five cancers, five cancers in every relationship: uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, vindictiveness, uh, uh, vengeance. Uh, how dangerous is carrying bitterness around to our health, our mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health? How dangerous is carrying bitterness, bitterness around? Scripture says, lest any bitterness be found, be found in us. How dangerous is bitterness? Hmm. Bitterness. I think I'd like to probably be bitterness or forgive them all for within that same category. I was, yeah, I was literally going to say unforgiveness is like you get, it's like when you get a cut. Yeah. If you don't put the balm, the healing balm on it or forgiveness. Yes. Then, <laughs> you know, for the healing of forgiveness, then it won't heal. There won't be any healing. If yeah. you, if you have, you can have just a simple cut. And as, as, as it stands just at that, at that moment, it's nothing. It's not life threatening. Um, you know, it can be all it takes is just a simple action, um, of care to, to, to bring the healing about. But yeah. if you leave it, it get, it can get infected. It gets infected bitterness. Then you leave it, then you can get, um, you can, it, it can into the blood, become septic, yeah. resentment. Yeah. And you could be yeah. suffering from septicemia, um, vindictiveness. Then before mm. you know it, your whole blood is poisoned. Yeah. No antibiotics can help you. Yeah. That's the top yeah. one, vengeance. Then you, you know, and some, um, after that, somebody, there's death. After that, there is death. Mm. Um, so that's why God, God is very, very clear in the scriptures. Don't go to bed angry. Um, you know, be angry, but sin not. He had, he says all these things so that we can deal with that cut. We can put that balm on straight away. 
we're not going to leave it to fester because it's only when we leave things to fester that's that's what's going to happen that that's when you know death comes that's when the death of our marriage death of ourselves that's when our heart becomes poisoned you know we can't love other people we take it out on everybody around us take it out on our children um we can't function yeah yeah no that's it i mean that sister deborah's hit the nail on the head with that one because this even the scripture that she just gave is is, is powerful the one about god saying be angry but sin not mm. um it's important to go into marriage into relationships understanding that you are not always going to see eye to eye things will happen dare i say on a week by week day by day basis that will make you angry at your partner it it is what it is because at the end of the day you're two different people who love each other but you're different people coming together to build a union and you will be angry at each other but there is a way there's a there's a way that you're meant to relate with each other speak to each other because of the love you have for each other which keeps you from hold like from holding on to or becoming bitter i i hear i hear bitterness bishop and i'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself i as much as I annoy my wife, see, see, I'm, I'm being wise, I'm using that one first, praise God. And then as much as she annoys me, praise God, I, could, praise I, couldn't, God. Be, I couldn't be bitter. I, I can't walk in bitterness towards her because mm. the two is meant to be one. Mm. How can we be united and achieve destiny and be fulfilled and be creative and productive and, and, and achieve great things if the person who's closest to me, the person who I see every single day, the person who I sleep beside, come on, I'm I'm bitter towards that person. I mean, it 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 it, it blows my mind. It it really does blow my mind. It really really does. But that's the, but that's because I've gone into marriage. I've gone into this relationship with a lifelong vision, not not temporary. Not if it doesn't work or things are going hard or things aren't going well with the first few years, then I throw in the towel. No, you have to go into marriage. This is it. This is it. This is it. Michael Jackson. This is it. You know, that's it. So if you don't go into marriage with that mindset, you are likely to fall within these categories. Unforgiveness, bitterness. You know, the example Sister David gave was was beautiful. One leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to death. Death to your relationship, death to your joy, death, you know, there are millions of people walking around this earth who are dead inside, mm. alive on the outside, but dead inside. True. And therefore, they can never achieve anything that they were meant to achieve, that God set for them to achieve. So we, we can't afford to walk in any of these things, Bishop. Awesome. I trust that you are being blessed. They keep Mama B has this hashtag, keeping it real, keeping it real. I believe that we are all being informed. We are all getting better. Our mindsets are changing. Healing is taking place, information is coming, revelation is coming, and then we are going to make sure that we practice what we are hearing. Bitterness is a killer. It can lead to, it can lead to regrets. It can lead to death. Uh, so I trust that you all be blessed. Make sure you keep inviting others to join us on this platform. Dr. Menu, God bless you for joining us this evening. Everyone else that has joined Agnes, you are welcome. Is anybody that I've left out, God richly bless you for joining us. Pastor Menno says, uh, the first lady of Jamaica, I hear the British English and wisdom. He's been hearing her, her husband <laughs> on the power Africa, and I think now hearing the British accent from Pastor Johnson's uh, <laughs> wife. 
Pastor Johnson, you are also welcome. God bless you. I can see you are behind the scenes. Now, um, how dangerous is it to go to bed uh, without uh, sorting out issues that are pending? And uh, let me tie it to, um, is it wise to deal with hot, controversial issues on the spot? when both husband and wife are angry or tempers are high? Is it wise to deal with hot, controversial issues on the spot when both husband and wife are hungry? I mean, angry, I said hungry, are, are angry or tempers or both. <laughs> or tempers are very, very high. Is it wise to deal with issues of such hot nature controversial when tempers are very high? Mommy T, love, you are welcome. Is that wise? All yours, dear sir. You know, <laughs> it depends. I would say it depends. Only to say sometimes people are angry and people are hot, but they actually have a calm demeanor. Sometimes it's good, like let's just let's just sort it out now. Let's just let's just get it over and done with now. You've got to know your partner. You've got to know the type of marriage that you have. You've got to know the combination of of temperaments and personalities that you have. You, I mean, my husband knows me. He knows, okay, that's this one. Let, we're not we're not going there tonight. We'll visit. We'll come back tomorrow, kind of thing. Everybody go to bed. Everybody go to sleep. And we'll we'll revisit this tomorrow. And sometimes it's like, and at times he's very much like, oh no. We talk about it now. We talk about it now. And in that, you know, you just have to deal with it now. I think it depends on the situation. It depends on the mix of personalities and, and temperaments that you have in your marriage. You've got to know your husband. You've got to know your wife. What are they like? Um, I'm, I'm a person, if, I can, I can, if I'm angry or if I'm upset, I'm fine after I sleep. So my husband will probably send me to bed and say, <laughs> we'll talk tomorrow. Because after I have, I, yeah, I tend to, if I'm really, really upset, I, tend, I need to go somewhere quietly and just, you know, I, I, either I'll sleep or I'll just be quiet for a while and then I'll come back and deal with it. it I think it depends, personally. <laughs> I, think, I think it depends. So it depends, in your opinion, it depends on the couple. If you have somebody who um, can, you know that they can't really control their, their temper, mm -hmm. that, you know, with tempers flaring, they still, you can be angry. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. That means it's possible. If yeah. God's, exactly, um, Pastor Johnson, um, be angry, but sin not. Okay, yeah. so that means it's possible to be angry and not lose your temper not let it escalate to to violence or bad language or and it's, it's possible to do that and if you have that level of self-control and you know your partner has a level of self-control you can actually get through something even if it's heated you can actually get through something um quite you know okay but then if you know that your person you know your partner doesn't have you even you yourself you don't have that kind of self-control sometimes it's good to just walk away take a breather just separate let's and then come back but the, the intention is always you come back we're going to sort it out whether you need to go to your your you know respective corners or you can stay there and hash it out even though you're you know even though you're you're angry um to be you can still 
maintain a level head and deal with the situation. You know, so, I mean, there, there are times when it's like sometimes I just want to let's just talk about it now. And, we, you know, we end up talking. We stay up all night just talking it out, talking it out, talking it out because we, we've got that. That's the relationship that, you know, that we have at times. We do that. So, it, yeah, you have to dwell with your, your, your partner according to knowledge and know know who you're married to and know yourself as well you've got to know yourself if you know that you know this thing could take off then you need to remove yourself from the situation you need to just step away take a breather and then the other person shouldn't be offended because they should know you too um and I think sometimes that that can that can escalate situations where one person wants to deal with it now and the other person's like no I can't talk right now I can't talk right now it just actually can add fuel to the fire um at times so i think yeah definitely know each other know yourself and know when to fight when to flee when to walk away when to hash it out but i think self-control is 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 key we have to develop ourselves to have a level of very sound level of self-control particularly when dealing with our partners because as much as we're angry at that moment we still love them and we still have to live with them afterwards. We don't want to make that healing process harder by saying something or doing something that could, you know, very, very serious, that could hamper the healing process after. How we deal with our, our conflicts and how we resolve our, our, our disagreements and all of that, it goes a long way to how quickly the forgiveness and the healing can happen afterwards. Mm. So, and self-control plays a very big part in that. Um, being able to watch our tongue, mind our tongue, think before we speak, um, and and really consider, okay, what's the, what after after this? What's going to happen after this? Um, before we say and do things, because remember, the, the, the goal is actually reconciliation. The goal is not to be right. The goal is to be reconciled. Right. Okay. Now this uh, topic that came up. Um, Suggestion for another topic. Uh, I'd like to find out about blended families. How hard or how easy is it to blend a family together? For example, going into a marriage with someone who has children already. <laughs> we can think. We can think about it, and we'll come back to it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We'll think about it, and we'll come back to it. The next question I was going to ask was. Um, how important are how important are the deployment of the five love languages in a marriage? How important are the deployment of the five love languages in a relationship? The five love languages, words of affirmation, uh, touching, um, acts of service, giving of gifts. And um, creating quality time, the five love languages by Dr. Chapman. How important is it for us to um, deploy those five love languages within our relationships? That's touching, giving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, and then um, was that one I mentioned earlier? Time. Spending quality time with one another. How important are they? Extremely important. Um, the, 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 lang- the, the five love languages are what help your marriage to grow. Mm. Um, without, without them, your marriage will not, it won't work. It won't thrive. And 
it, it won't last or it will last but be torturous um you you've mentioned bishop that marriage can be uh, the closest thing to heaven on earth or the closest thing to life imprisonment with hard labor mm -hmm. hard labor hard labor <laughs> so without the love, love languages and 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 we need all of them you know they're all they're all important they're all very important and i think it's um it's it's very important that we take time to consciously put each one to work so for example uh, one of the one of the ones that you mentioned were was um that making quality time for your partner yeah. now we make we make time for all manner of people we make time for all manner of things but it's important that our, our husbands or our wives know that they are that they are the most important thing you know behind god um yeah. and destiny they're number one they're number one so it's, it's important to 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 make sure that they are aware i think there's times when we we fall into routines and patterns where it's like oh but but they know we love them yeah. it, no 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 they don't they don't it, it needs it needs to be shown it needs to be said you know through 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 touching giving of gifts you know words of um words of affirmation um acts of service you know i think it's important because for example i, I take i use myself as an example so giving of gifts words of affirmation spending quality time acts of service not touching all all of these love languages other than the touching we tend to show them to other people mm. not in a romantic way or not in a you know way that we shouldn't do but just as 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 being selfless as being christians you know uh, um compliments quality time with friends and extended family acts of service is a, is a daily thing for us as believers giving up gifts is a, is, a, is a daily thing um but it's important that our so for in, in my instance it's important that my wife gets the best so of all these things it's important that she gets my best mm -hmm. to show to to help our marriage to grow and for it to stand and, and for her to know that no one comes above no no other woman comes above no no friend comes above that she is the most important so it's it's important to show it's important to show i think we fall into the trap sometimes where we just fall into a routine as opposed to making conscious love effort so it's important to make conscious love effort so even as i'm saying it now i'm thinking in my head okay what can i get her this week <laughs> it's, it's, it's a setup for a lift up. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Deborah, what's your take on that? The five love languages, words of affirmation, uh quality time, um spending quality time while giving of gifts, touching, acts of service. We know one thing we know that when it comes to uh, uh giving of gifts, as for that one <laughs> Whichever one are the dominant one, those as for those gifts, they, they, the ladies will always want the gift to come, you know. So that, apart from whether they are <laughs> and the partner is good at the other, their gifts can never the gifts are never rejected, isn't it? It's, it's so funny. Um, I was looking at the different ones, and I'm looking at and realizing that two of them are my love language two are his love language and one we is both our love language and we tend to meet together on the one that we both acts of service 
it's both our love languages doing things for each other um the others is i obviously i tend to do more he he would rather to receive but I, if so, so, so for instance my husband loves to give gifts and he loves word loves to give me words of affirmation you know he's a walking bible walking dictionary walking everything he always has the best words um and the best lyrics I, i've not, no one i haven't met anyone who come close to him yet amen um and mine i like touching and quality time um so i do that a lot and then he does you know i would like I would like to receive the ones that I, I I tend to do. I would like to receive those, but then it's the opposite. So we could argue that oh, you're not you're yeah. not giving. You could say oh, I'm not giving him enough words of affirmation. I'm not da da da. But thankfully, we meet on the acts of service one. Mm-hmm. So I it's, it's the love languages is just it's expression. It's how we express. It's simply how we just ask, express our love. We have mm-hmm. the love inside. Like um, Pastor Michael was saying, sometimes we we just get lazy. You know, we, we've been married for, we get lazy, we don't, you know, we say, oh, but they know, they know, no, they don't know. Mm-hmm. So they won't know until you express it. Um, and these are, you know, some of the ways, these are the ways that you express the love. It's the magic. Um, when we meet, when we first meet somebody, we're doing all these things. We do all five when we're courting, when we're dating, um, during the whole, the honeymoon period. Um, we're doing all five of these. Everybody's doing all five. Um, then we go through that. That lovely first two years of <laughs> of um, coming together, those two years after you get married, where that all that friction is, when that all that fire is there. Um, simply us, and all that fire is is us being molded and shaped to become one. Amen. But after that, we tend to forget the magic. We kind of get into a groove, and that's wonderful. But we forget the magic that brought us together in the first place. All of that is useful. Um, we need to maintain that magic throughout our marriage. Because that's what's going to keep us close. That's what's going to, when we're going through the difficult times, it's the magic that's going to keep us um, together. Um, that's going to keep the excitement in there. Um, and it is, we must never forsake, our, you know, these expressions of love. Mm. Wow. I think I um, we brought the right uh, people on this platform. We must have been led by the Spirit to bring these people to their experience to be a blessing. To be a blessing to us. Now let's take uh, probably two uh, two more questions, and we will deal with the blending uh, issue. We want to try and make sure we get as much information to make sure when we are giving um, the uh, counsel on that particular point that we we'll make sure we get all the right information. So we'll deal with that probably, if not today, at our next session, so we get enough information um, for. Um, for our sister. Okay, so now singlehood is different from marriage and is different from parenting. How different is the period of singlehood, marriage, and parenting and the adjustments into each one? When you are single, it's just you, responsibilities of singlehood. When you are, when you get married, that's a different ball game altogether. And then when the children come on board, it's a different ball game altogether. And married couples have to make that adjustment. So how different is being single, getting married, and then the parents coming, I mean, becoming a parent 
the various responsibilities and adjustments into those three um, stages or phases in everybody's life. Both of you were single before and then got married and then now you have children. How has the adjustment process to help somebody who's single to get an idea of if they decide to want to get married, they want to get children, for them to understand that there are adjustments and that it's, it's, not, it's not the same. It's, what are some of the things that singles are giving up or um, when they get married and what is it that sometimes when you get married and you don't have children, what should you be expecting when the children come in and the adjustments that you have to make to help somebody on the platform be able to know uh, how to synchronize. Alright, so uh, when you're single, this is a quick one, when you're single, all your time is yours, your money is mm-hmm. yours, everything is yours, is yours. Mm-hmm. When you're married, nothing is yours. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, that's, and that's, just, that's just when you're married. So, um, if you are not ready to be selfless and sacrificial and understand that you will have to give of yourself more than you necessarily receive. Mm. Well, yeah, stay single. You're, you're, you're not ready. You're, you're not ready mm. at all. And that's just from the transition from being single to being married. Mm. When you when you become a parent, um, when Sister Deborah takes over this one, she'll, she'll, she'll take it home. I'm starting it, she'll take it home. When you become a parent, the, when you thought your time wasn't yours anymore, now it's really confirmed that you don't you don't even know what time is. Mm. You don't know what time is. You get lost. It's lost in in space. It's it, it literally is. You are you are giving everything of yourself to your partner and to your children because when you first have children, um, they are one hundred percent solely dependent on you, and because of this, ev- you know everything factors around them. The time you sleep, the time you wake up, the time you go to work, the time you come back. Everything you do between factors on them. Um, who will be looking after them during the day? Food, uh, nappies. Ev- everything factors around. So it, it is a self. It's a. It's a. I don't want to call it a sacrifice because most of the time, well, when we get married, we we tend to choose to have children. I know there's instances where you know children just happen to come for God, but I'm talking about within marriage. Um, we, we tend to know that we want to have children and therefore we then have children. So I don't want to call it a sacrifice because it's a choice and decision that we make. But you have to give everything of yourself. You know, it's, it's a hundred, when you get married, you give a hundred percent, your wife gives a hundred percent or, or vice versa. But when you have children, you give everything. You have to give everything. And I thank, I thank God for, for Bishop's life. I thank God for, Sister Deborah, because before I got married, or, or in this instance, before I had children, um, I had really good talks with these two people that I'm having this stream with. I had really, really good talks with them that really shaped my mind and prepared my mind for what I was about to step into. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been an absolute dream. It's been challenging, it's been tough. The sleepless night, if you like your sleep. <laughs> It, too much. If you like to sleep too much, just wait, wait, just wait. I, you might have the rings, but but calm down with the dings. You know, it, 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 you know, I just just throw that one out there. So 
but it is you have to be selfless it's all mm-hmm. about um being selfless being sacrificial and just giving all of yourself to your partner and more so to your children because they are solely reliant on you mm-hmm. yep Deborah, you've got you've got you're blessed with nine children yes God so is you can add your you can add your your I I literally I, I there's the I think there's the ideal and then there's the the real. Right. Um, ideally, um, we have this a lot of times we have no a lot of people um, due to social media, TV, or that we have this romanticized image of what love is and marriage and getting you know coming together. Not I find that nowadays. Um, they're getting more and more they're trying to show more and more the reality of there's there's a a bit more programs than they used to be showing the reality of what it is like to be married and what it is like to have children um if i was advising anybody who's single didn't have any children i would say my advice because the first two years of marriage is the is the hardest when you come together with somebody, you've got two different personalities, two from two different two different experiences, two completely different people coming together to become one. That process of becoming one is very difficult. And usually you find, and correct me if I'm wrong, but those first couple of years when you're getting to know each other and, you know, learning the habits that you didn't see during the dating, you didn't see it during the courting and you didn't hear about this and the family member from over there. We didn't ask the 200 questions before we said I do. And now we're learning all these things. It's fire, you know, in the, in, and there's a lot of pressure on the marriage within that first couple of years. Now, if you're just two, two single people, then that's you're just working through it together. But then if you don't have if you then have a child within that first two years, you're adding pressure onto that situation. That's even more pressure now. So my advice would be get married, enjoy, enjoy yourselves, enjoy each other for a couple of years, then have children and then carry on. That would be the advice. That would be the ideal. Anyone who succeeds with that, got you know, wonderful. When I got married, I had two kids from a previous relationship. My husband had two kids from a previous relationship. So cool. we came together, we had four. <laughs> yeah, so so that, I, that, that, uh, tie it to the question, the blended, I think you can do a good job here with the blended thing. I'm going to say with the blended family, yeah, it does need its own session because it had, there's so many different aspects to it. Yeah. Um, on both the men, the both the the men's the man's side and the woman's side, and yeah. um, the of the children as well. There's so much to explore in that. But it's it's it, when you have a like I said, we came together. We had four, boom, instant family. So yeah. I was I was coming from sick, but I was a single mother, so I was making all my decisions by myself. He was making all these decisions by himself, um, by himself, and decisions for his children by himself Um, and the children were I mean they were young five between five and no between four and six so they they were they had been around they were they'd been here they were here for a while so had their own little personalities um you know dad liked to do certain things with hit with with the boys I like to do some certain things with it we had our own routines and then we came together and then now 
we are now dealing with a new marriage. We're newlyweds. And we're now, we also now have four children who have their own um, routines and everything that we're used to that the other side doesn't understand. And I'm like, well, why, why are we doing that? Well, what's the purpose of that? Well, I've always done it. This is what we all, this is what we do. Well, what for? It's, it costs too much. Well, do we have the money for that? Well, I had the money for it before. Why can't we? And it's like, oh, now we can't afford to do things because there's now four. It's not, you can't just do it for that two and not do it for that two. You know, are you favoring, favoring your own kids over my, I mean, there was issues. Um, and then you're, you're navigating those things with the children, navigating being a couple together. And then, yeah, another baby started to, because we're also, we were trying to enjoy our marriage. So I did, um, get pregnant again. <laughs> I did get pregnant. We had a son between us. And when then we had that, you got a pregnant woman, four kids. Oh, God bless my husband. We love you. The whole family loves you, sir. Um, but it was, it was, you know, it was those first few years were, were very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> those first, um, you know, few years were very, very, very difficult. And the only thing that got us through it was literally our faith in God. And our church. I mean, if you, you can, if you, I mean, there's people who get married all the time and they have, um, <laughs> my husband says Jesus, um, you know, they, they, people get married and they work through things. You have to have that common goal that regardless of what happens, we are going to work through this. You have to find means and ways. Some of the things you have to let go. Some of my ways of doing things. I had my routine. I had to put my routine to one side because now, this was the family and that that mindset is not my kids and your kids they're our children how are we going to build our house how are we going to run our house and a lot of old things had to be torn down and then we had to rebuild again from scratch and we're building with a new marriage a baby and four kids and it's all you know it, it was very very difficult it was only the grace of god only the grace of god sticking close to the word the teaching that was coming from the pulpit god bless you bishop and mama b all of that because without it we would have crumbled we, my husband and i knew that god brought us together and that one fact has always kept us regardless of what we go through we know we know that we know that we know that god has put us together and anything that we go through god himself will fix it so we put we learned we learned to put everything in his hands every difficulty we learned to put it in his hands we learned to trust god with you know we learned to do what we can do what we can and then trust god with the rest he put us together so you know that thing where um bishop has said <laughs> said to us all the time the children you gave me you know god you you gave me this child so you have to help me he, god will help you raise the child god will help you to do it does it god this is the husband you gave me so you said that this is the this is my husband. You said that this is what you want. So God, you have to help, and He has. God has come through for us in so so many ways. But we had to make that decision to trust Him and submit to His authority, submit to His word, submit to the teaching from our bishop and our pastor. We had to, or else we would have failed. We would have failed, and we're still submitting, and we're still walking, and we're still trusting God. When you from singlehood to here. It's been a it's been a journey and we're still on the journey. But one of the main things is that, yeah, you have to let go the same way when you come to Christ. 
<laughs> when you come to Christ, you have to let go of the old self. You have to throw away the or put off the old man and put on the new man in Christ, put on the new spirit of God. The same way when we came together, we had to put off the old habits, the old thing. There was, I mean, I used to, I used to do, when I met my husband, I was a hairdresser, mobile hairdresser, and I used to travel to different people's houses to do hair. I used to go to men's houses to do hair, to do cornrow. When I got married, I was making my little money. I got married, my husband's like, where are you going? So I'm going to do my job. Which job? I said, oh, there's a client. Um, Derek is um, going to do, um, Derek's getting a call. Who? I have to call Derek and say, I'm afraid I have to cancel your session today. You know, hairdresser was over. Where are you going? You know, it's, that was my, I was doing that for a while. So little things, it had, you had to just shed the old things, the old way of doing things. And then you had to come and unlearn and then relearn and do things God way, God's way. And then come together in agreement with how we were going to do things. That's the only way. Wow, that's powerful. This are, this answers some of the questions on the, um, uh, wanted to find out about how hard or how easy is it to blend a family together. For example, going into a marriage with someone who has children already, because like they're saying, she had two children. Pastor Johnson had two children and she just shared her experience with us as to how all that came about, the grace of God, knowledge being in church, and then also engaging divine wisdom. I'm sure we'll be able to get Pastor Johnson to give us some additional insight about that in the next session on the first Sunday, on the first Saturday of next month on this particular subject. But that was a powerful contribution right there. Powerful contribution right there. Now, how easy is it? Let's begin to round up. Just two questions more. How easy is it? I find myself in such a situation like, like that um, in the past. How easy? How easy is it for your wife to get upset, or vice versa? Probably more to do with the wife. When you, the men, always leave their hair in the sink. Probably Pastor Michael will be the one to deal with this. Leaving the hair, or hair in the why is the hair in the sink? Why didn't you clean up after yourself the hair in the sink? Does Deborah want to say something or does Michael? Look at her face. <laughs> Pastor Michael Johnson, please help me here by putting something in the conscience. She says her lips are sealed. Her lips are sealed. I don't know whether Mama B's lips are sealed. <laughs> <laughs> that wisdom bishop that you have to know what you know, to think ahead you know praise God. I, still, I still live here I still live here <laughs> that's right awesome awesome so let's deal okay let's deal with the last topic <laughs> okay mama B says I do she will respond didn't it Caspar is in the house isn't it <laughs> that is it the hair in the sink, and maybe everybody is quiet, especially when it was me, when it was when it was just me. She knew that it must be it must be me there. But when maybe Pastor Michael began to grow up, he said two of us said, who left their hair in the sink because the women say it's longer, but they can tell this male. But all of us are quiet. We call it in our country Kala. We, <laughs> we are silent. Nobody is owning up us. Who left their hair? <laughs> I will, I will, I will no. own up to it. Actually, it's usually me. <laughs> oh, actually, 
Yeah. So I'll I'll own oh, no. He's I don't he's he's no, my, not my husband. He doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Me. So I'm no, sorry. Can't find the house. Go ahead. But I clean it anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm the one. It's my hair, and I have to clean it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sister Martha said, Bishop really went there. Yep, yeah? he really went there. <laughs> Bianca said, hiya, Casper, you travel a lot. Casper is everywhere. These people are having a field day. Ladies and gentlemen, we keep it real. We keep it real. We would like to encourage you. Make a day to be with us on the first Saturday of every month by the grace of God. Uh, as I found my panel, so here we go. I found my panel, <laughs> and we'll also bring in other 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 guests as well who will add to the flavor. But these two have done a great job uh, tonight. Uh, what's Mama B saying again? A closed basket, closed basket never get full to overflowing. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So let's deal with this final subject. How important is financial planning? financial planning in our marriages, in our relationship, before we get married and during marriage. How important is financial planning, savings, investments? How important is financial planning, savings, investments, uh, within the, I mean, among married couples and within the family, uh, setting? How is, how important is financial plan. Who wants to? I know Pastor Johnson has told me, Deborah, you are the one in charge of finances, putting things, making sure things are managed. How important is financial planning and um, savings um, and investments um, as a family? I think it's, it's very, very important um, for a couple of reasons. The reason number one, um, as Mama Bia taught us um, in the past, is one of the main reasons for divorce mm. um, and trouble in marriage financial crisis financial issues um it's a it's the it's one of the things that's probably the, the main thing in in marriages that is very difficult to that couples find it difficult to talk about and, and meet in the middle about um it's very very important um when you're single to plan as much as you can i mean there's lots of books and lots of people you can speak to so it's not correct to say oh you know i don't know what it's going to be like to be married so how can you plan for something you never experienced but there's books you get you started on what you can do um learning how to budget and all of that um before you get into marriage and when you get into marriage then you have to learn again okay based upon the the, the, the makeup of your family you budget and work things out um there again um you have to have financial you may have have have, have financial goals as a single person when you get married you're actually you put that away and now you come together you have joint financial goals okay and how you have to sit down and talk about the, you know the, your goals how we're going to what we're going to do um to meet them um how we're going to manage the finances um I, i've been blessed um with a husband that thinks the same way as i do when it comes to money that it's not my money and his money it's our money um we have a joint account everything goes in a joint account and then from there it goes out um 
I've I've I know I've known of people who you know the man and I've heard you teach as well but you know there's instances where the guy keeps all the money it's his money and her money and then you know he will he will pay and it's like that 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 makes that makes no sense to me um mm. how you know how will your marriage succeed how will your marriage um and how will your marriage yes yeah, yeah how will your marriage succeed if you're both on different sides if you both got different ideas about how the money money should work um i think it's important um what the goal understanding the goal and the what's the goal and the vision of your of your family what are they there for how, how are you going to fund the family how, how you know money comes in how you want you want to be able to sometimes we, we just think that we just get married and then that's it because I go to a church that talks about vision and destiny and purpose and generational um, thinking and all of that, you, all these things come into place. Not just get married, we pay the bills and round and round we go, pay the bills every month and that's it. There's purpose, there's goals, we have to investments, we have to invest in our children's future. What are they going to be reinvest? Because um, we're not just thinking about us and our children, we're thinking about the third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation. And without proper financial understanding you'll never you know your 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 that, that will never come to pass um so it's financial literacy is very very important and it's important to teach the children as well because whatever we however we train them up that's what they're going to do that's what we're going to be and that's where you know the success, success is going to come from where we're doing it ourselves and we're also training our children to train their children and onward and onward and onward Awesome. Pastor Michael, what's your take on that as we begin to round up? Uh, God bless you, Sister Deborah. Um, I thank God for one thing um, myself and Pastor Johnson have in common is that we have wives who are fantastic with controlling the budget of the household. Um, uh, my wife Bianca does literally every month like it's like, like water off her back. She knows exactly what's coming in, exactly what's going out. And then we work together to make sure that we stick to the budget as much as possible and abide by it to make sure that we have enough for now, enough to give to God, enough to give in God's house, as well as also preparing for our future and our children's future um, with savings and you know working hard to bring in more more income to be able to do more, not just for us, but um, for others also. So um, you know, with money, money, nothing can be achieved without money. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing can be achieved without finances. So. It's important to, like Sister Deborah said, work together. If if you if you do not see eye to eye with your husband or your wife with finances, setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no words. I've got I've got no words. It's it is essential. You know, I look at any any disagreements that uh, myself and my wife have had in our early stages of marriage were predominantly due to finances mm-hmm. and then when we got on the same page when we knew how important money was and, and building finances and having something not only for now but for our future for our children for our children's children it just transformed our <clears throat> transformed our, our minds our lives and our marriage where we became so united that we've got a common goal a common focus and it just strengthened us so um as Sister deborah said we encourage everybody you know your finances are, are not yours his or not his, hers or not his, not hers. Come together, bring them together. Joint account, everything goes in, and then you divvy, you delegate. This goes to this, this goes to that, and everything is covered. You know, it's you know there was a, there was a period where my wife earned more than me, 
and and I'm not, you know, people talk about, oh, oh, how how can you be okay with your wife earning more than you? Oh yeah, it's my, it's our money. The money comes into the house. It goes yeah. to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it, it's not a battle. Mm-hmm. We gave up we gave up that fight when the two became one. The issue yeah. is once again stemming from what we said at the beginning of the stream that people go into marriage not fully committed to it, not fully invested in it, and therefore what is yours is yours and what is theirs is theirs which will lead to issues and fighting and, you know, divorce. Yeah. The, the, the quality of your marriage, the, 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 your financial literacy and, and how you are and how you deal with your finances will determine the kind of lifestyle you can have as well. And yeah. if you, yeah. Yeah, and if you can't Delayed. fund a lifestyle that makes you happy, um, that can bring joy. You, you need to have joy and enjoyment within your family. You're, you're there. You can't go on holiday. You can't take your kids to, to the McDonald's, you know, because of financial mismanagement. You can't take your kids to McDonald's. Um, I mean, we, we schedule in, um, once a month. We do take out. We just come together because we've budgeted. Everything is possible if you have the right budget for it. And we've budgeted, um, uh, take out whether either we go out or we we just order from everywhere that everybody wants to wants to eat from and we have we just have a wonderful take out day we don't do that every day we don't do that every week it's once a month discipline yes. all of that it, 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 you have to have financial literacy and you have to be disciplined that will determine your, your the success of your marriage what you can enjoy what you can't enjoy absolutely wow Awesome. That's one hour, 20 minutes gone already. My goodness. Wow. I believe that you've all been blessed this evening. Shada, Instagram, Cousin Ceci. God bless you, Cousin Ceci. God bless you, RT Butterfly. God bless you, everyone that joined us on Instagram and on Facebook. God bless you. And on YouTube, you can watch this program again on YouTube. You can also go on our homepage, Michael Hutton Wood and watch it, and also share it with as many people that you know. It's been a very powerful and awesome session, finishing with financial literacy. By the grace of God, we hope to be back here with first Saturday of the month of June with the same panel. Ladies and gentlemen, so keep praying for us. God richly bless you for joining us. Everything is possible if you budget and stick to their budget. God bless you. So, Deborah, would you like to pray for our viewers and then um, Pastor Michael just lead them to give their life to Christ or rededicate their life to Christ. At the bottom of the screen is our church details. If you want a web-based church to join, we are in the heart of Croydon. You can join us at our actual or virtual service this and every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Here in the heart of Croydon at 11.30 a.m., you can text 07555626925 to book your seat or join us at www.facebook.com forward slash HOJ City Church. That's House of Judah City Church at 11.30 a.m. every Sunday morning. So take the details, scrolling at the bottom of the screen if you want to watch our services live online or to be there in person. The details are right there. So, Deborah, just pray for our viewers concerning everything that we've talked about for grace to be able to do what they have heard. 
Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this session. We thank you for our bishop. We thank you for Pastor Michael and myself, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us, Lord, to be able to speak tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, we lift up every person, Lord, listening, every person that is tuned in. We pray, Father, Lord, let this word fall on the good ground of their heart, Lord. We pray, Father, for grace to do in the mighty name of Jesus, that, Lord, they will hear and it will be a blessing to them, that, Lord, they're something that they can take, Lord, and transform their situation transform their marriages and their relationships in the mighty name of jesus we pray that every single person receives something from this telecast today lord and we pray for that it multiply and bear much fruit in their life in the mighty name of jesus bless them in the mighty name of jesus we thank you lord and pray in jesus name amen and amen 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 everything that we've spoken about this evening is is easier to achieve when we have god in our lives so at this point, if you would like to give your life to Christ, give your life to God, please just repeat after me. Dear Father God, thank you for everything I have heard this evening. I want to accept you into my life. Change my life. Change my marriage. Change my destiny. And help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. If you pray that prayer, you submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus. You can join our service. The details are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Once again, you can join our online service on Facebook at HOJ City Church. Alternatively, if you want to join the actual service, you can text 0755 925 and we look forward to receiving you in our service tomorrow so that's tomorrow 11 30 a.m it's going to be an awesome session don't miss it for anything this amount of affluence and influence is going to be awesome once again we'd like to appreciate every one of you that joined us this evening we were tremendously blessed by your comments and your encouragement don't miss any of the sessions coming up as usual you can order the books for the marriage pack we're going to play the advert as we close you can order the marriage pack from our website www.houseofjuda.org.uk and the details are on the screen god bless you once again thank you all for joining us to watch this clip as we close out and take the details of our church service and join us tomorrow god bless you the Relationship Package by Dr. Michael and Bernice Hutton-Wood. Experience total joy and satisfaction as you embrace five carefully written books for every relationship. Single, married, divorced, and separated. Learn the dynamics of what makes a good relationship and how to sustain it for a lifetime. That's the people you marry them, that's the end of your life. Your marriage partner is for destiny. So that's why I say you don't only look at love and the woman's skirt and the man's six-pack or four-pack. If my wife was looking for four-pack and six-pack, she would have married me. I don't have any pack. It was my personality. And she discovered that this is the man she can fulfill destiny with. And I discovered that she is the only woman who can assist me to fulfill destiny. Marriage choices is from the angle of destiny. Pack includes no ringing, no dinging. 
50 common mistakes singles make. 200 questions you must ask, investigate, and know before you say, I do. What husbands want and what wives really want. And the 101 tips for a great marriage. A must for your library. Order yours today and receive a special discount on the entire package. Please call, write, or visit our website using the information on your screen.